Welcome to New Manager Media, Manage Right from the Start, with Jennifer Takagi. I'm Jennifer, a former climber of the corporate and government ladders turned leadership development entrepreneur. I'm a leadership coach helping you transform your office from feeling like a prison cell into a playground where employees are energized, engaged, and eager to work. Stress is reduced. Productivity is increased. Communication is seamless because playgrounds are much more fun than cubicle cells. Leadership development might seem like hard work, but leadership done right helps you create the team of your dreams. Each week, I'll bring you an inspiring message to pave the way to your successful journey into a leadership role. Thank you for joining me today. Now let's get started. Welcome to New Manager Media, Manage Right from the Start. I'm your host, Jennifer Takagi, and today, again, this whole technology thing, I met a new friend, and we're in the same space, at least similar space, of wanting to provide leaders and managers with tips and strategies so they can do better, be better, and amazingly, Anna lives in Iceland. Iceland. A friend of mine's daughter went to Iceland over Christmas break a couple years ago. It looked Fabulous. So in addition to our normal leadership questions, I've got questions about how did you end up in Iceland? Because I know you're not from there. And what's it like? What are you doing? How's business? So Anna, welcome to the world of Jennifer Takagi. Hello, Jennifer. I'm very happy to be in your world. (laughs) So Iceland, how did you get to Iceland? Because I'm pretty sure you're not from there. No, I'm originally Ukrainian. But I've lived abroad since 2010 and was mainly in Sweden, where I did my master's degree. That's why I left from Ukraine to Sweden. And then I started working there. And at some point, it was just time to move on. We were both very curious with my husband and we loved Sweden. But we were like, okay, what if there is even an even better place for us to be? And it, does it have to be Sweden for us to thrive and really enjoy the life? And we wanted to move somewhere else. And at the, at the same time, we were planning the family, so we were thinking of getting a kid soon and thought it probably does make sense to move away from the Nordic countries, which are very family friendly, and it's hard to beat them on that level or on that matter. So Iceland, it got to be because we really like the weather or not the weather, the nature here <laughs> and the society and the culture. So yeah, that's how we ended up here just over two years ago. Well, and we just had the conversation before I hit the record button that in Oklahoma this morning, it was actually five degrees. I said it was zero. It was five. It was zero last night. It's all the way up to five degrees. And, and for her, it's almost 40. So how are we in Oklahoma and you're in Iceland and it's way colder here than there? I don't even well, I know. know. There are those pictures of Iceland or the people are thinking that it's only snow and ice here, but that's actually not. We are in a quite a mild climate here because of the Gulf Stream that is surrounding and like going around the island, providing quite mild temperatures here. And of course, we're in the middle of Atlantic Ocean, so we have quite a lot of wind for good and for bad, because there is this saying here, if you don't like Icelandic weather, wait for five minutes. So... We say that in Oklahoma too, but okay. I think growing up in school, they always, you know, Um, there was that lesson of Greenland is actually colder than Iceland and they kind of got misnamed along the way. So um, (laughs) I always think that's very interesting. And 
I love the Hallmark movies where people go to the ice igloo hotels for vacation. I can't even comprehend that, but it sounds like a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So you, you start in the Ukraine, you move to Sweden. Is your husband from the re- Ukraine also? No, he's German. I know met in Sweden. <laughs> You've just got a whole plethora going on. And so did you have that family that you wanted? Sorry? Did you have the family that you wanted? Did you have children? Uh, well, yeah, we, we have a two-year-old now. So we moved here with when she was just over a month old. Another adventure of crazy us. <laughs> <laughs> Another adventure. No kidding. How fun is that? Okay. So in the midst of these moves, finding love, having the baby of your dreams, and ending up in Iceland because it's family-friendly in Icelandic culture. So how, when do you find time to work? What is your work? What do you do? How do you help leaders and managers build their skills? What do you do? So I actually am a leadership consultant, which means that I come in and help the leaders become better at what they do or enjoy more, which is more the focus of ours, enjoy more uh, what they do as leaders. And how do I find time for that? That's just the passion of mine. And to be honest, I've been working in a corporate as a project manager, which is my education. And I would always find time to, to work on my passions on top of that. But that was partly the decision why I decided to start my own company once we moved here because we had a baby and I was like, okay, I know that I will put my hundred percent into my work and I'll still be willing to work on my passions and my talents. So why don't I combine those two so that I actually have time for my family. (laughs) And that's why my business got born as well. Uh, And with technology, you can work for anybody anywhere in the world. We just have to get our time zones squared away. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. For you, it's very early now. It's 8 a.m. And you're, uh, f- for you, when we're <laughs> recording this, Jennifer, which I'm very grateful for, <laughs> that we could accommodate the time difference. But yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Okay, so enjoy their work more. So one time I had a boss call me. Um, uh, she was in our regional office and she said, I've just been told that they're going to put on my annual review and measure how happy I made my employees and how am I supposed to make them happy? Well, my first thought was she would call me. And as soon as I answered the phone, she'd say, Jennifer, go to a conference room and call me back. And she'd hang up. Well, that would just put me in this complete anxiety ridden mode of, did I miss a report? Did I fail to turn something in? Was something wrong? So when she asked me that question, my first response, which I did not say, was, well, it would make me really happy if you'd tell me what the call was about before I had to run in the other room because I'm really concerned that I missed something. And at the time, it didn't make any sense. I worked for the federal government. Who's happy in the federal government? I mean, you make and find your happiness where you can. And then I found out it was employee engagement. Mm -hmm. And if people are engaged in the work that they do, they are happier, right? Because they understand where they fit in, how they fit in. So when you talk about enjoying your position and your career more, what do you equate that to? And how do you help people enjoy it more? Yeah, it's a beautiful story, Jennifer, to actually talk about or to introduce the topic that we're talking about. And for me, I I talk about the zone of genius so I believe that we all have our genius zone 
and I help leaders reclaim their junior zone. And by that, I mean that I really help them find what is that most playful area for them as humans and as professionals. And I know that you talk about creating the playground in the workplace, which is so much more fun than cubicles. And I really love that. And that's why I resonated with you so much because we, we are talking the same language. So I do believe that we can find the playful part of our managerial roles. And it's about the question of how do you do it? And that's where I came into the picture because the tragic statistics are showing that managers and leaders are getting some kind of training about leadership on average 13 years after they started leading other people. And it just doesn't go to Did I 13, hear 13 yes. years later? Yes. That's the research uh, by Zenger and Volkmann. Those two guys are doing a lot of assessments. They're doing hundreds of thousands of 360 degree assessments and they work with global companies. So those are the, this is the data pulled from their global data. Uh, or from global numbers and assessments and the interviews. And this is scary. I mean, you don't put the teacher in a classroom in front of kids without telling them anything about the child psychology or how to educate anyone. And then only 13 years later, <laughs> do you bring someone in to them and say, by the way, here's the person who can actually explain you how to work with kids. Yeah, and this is how you do it. I was just talking yesterday. I do leadership development training for the state of Oklahoma. And I had training very early on in my career, but then it was a lot of years before, and, and that was in corporate, not in government. And it was a long time before I was in a management role again. And whenever we would go to management training, the training was on how to fill out goals reports, how to, how to do tasks, but none of it was on leading a team and leading people. And so I love the analogy of we manage tasks, we lead people. And in the first few months of taking over a new management role, you have to learn what tasks you're responsible for. Then the next huge piece that you spend the rest of your career on is how do you lead your people to do those tasks most effectively, most efficiently, and with the least amount of stress and the most amount of fun. And it's amazing to me how many companies do not invest in their employees. And that's kind of why I started my business was so the manager who really wants to build their own skills, like it sounds like you have done your whole uh, adult life and career, they're going to invest in their own skill set and learning on their own. They bring it to the office and then, you know, everyone benefits from that. But that's, that's just shocking to me that 13 years later, they're just getting their first training. Yeah, that's, for me, it's shocking and tragic, to be honest, because that affects so many people. And I think that going back to the uh, employee engagement topic that you just uh, covered a couple of minutes ago, that's where it comes from, partly, because we, we don't have people who can guide the teams and the employees to to be the best versions of themselves to know the why for their for them being in that workplace to know how they're supposed and expected to to do their tasks and to do their work and they don't have the support they don't have the motivation 
they don't get anyone really patting them on the shoulder, but also not someone who is showing the big picture to them. So this is something that the good leader does. And that's totally possible to learn it. You can learn it, whatever your age, as long as you're interested in other people. <laughs> that's the only prerequisite we have <laughs> uh, for, for clients. If, if you're interested in people and you want to be better at bringing the best of them and the best of yourself to the workplace, then we can work on getting you to the better sp space in leadership. And I don't believe there is anybody in a job, in a position who woke up one day and said, I just want to go in and sit and do nothing and be horrible and miserable and make everybody around me miserable. When we accept a job, any job, we want to do it well and we want to fulfill the job expectations and our new supervisor's expectations. But then when our supervisors fall flat on us, it's like, then what do you do? Then you end up with this whole culture of people being totally miserable. And you can turn that around. And I love, you know, get to the why. Why are you here? Why do you work here? I had a, a, a little period of time where I was not happy I wasn't happy with what I was doing with where I was like the whole situation was not good, but I really, I didn't feel like I could leave or move. And I made a list of all the reasons that I worked there and all the benefits. And once you start focusing on the positive aspects, the, the rest of this can fall into play. But if you have a leader who's walking around like Eeyore gloom and doom, and this is so miserable, they set the tone. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Jennifer. And you're tapping into something very good. And our business mentor is talking about that a lot. Kelly's talking about the gratitude and the power of it. And this is something that I also teach my, my clients to write down those things that you're grateful for, to see the positive. It's, it's also practice. It's not about being born optimist or pessimist. I actually get this question from some of my friends and clients like, have you been born an optimist? And I'm like, I actually am by nature a pessimist. But ah. I decided to not be <laughs> because it's not fun to be around a pessimist and it's not too fun, fun to be a pessimist. So this is something that you can train. And there are quite different, like quite specific things that you can do to get in the reps of seeing the good things and focusing on them. And by that, attracting even more of them. And by attracting, I don't only mean the woo-woo things with just law of attraction or something, but it's your brain is set for a different, in different mode, let's say. When you focus on the good things, your brain is seeking the good things. So it triggers you to do more good things. So it creates a snowball effect that it really affects you and all the people around you, whether it be in your workplace or at home or in your bigger community. It really does. And it's like that whole um, analogy, <coughs> pardon me, of you wake up and you get out of bed and you stub your toe. Mm. Well, then you're upset that you stubbed your toe. Well, then you're getting in the car and you spill coffee on your blouse. And then you start driving to work and you hit every single light um, red light, not green light, red light on the way to work. So then you're late to work. Well, then you walk in and a meeting's already started and you're late and you literally, 
you tell yourself and everybody else, this is the worst day. And the more you say that to yourself, the more you make it happen because you're in such a pissy mood that you bring everybody else into your world. Whereas you can wake up, stub your toe and say something along the lines of, wow, I'm glad I got that little hiccup out of the way and now I can get on with my day. Yeah. And it's a very different viewpoint. Recently, I was a little frustrated about a situation and I sat down before I went to bed and I made a list, literally wrote it down because there's something about the magic between your brain and going down your arm into your pen as you're writing that is different than if you just say it out loud or type it out even. I wrote all the things I was grateful about for this situation. Mm -hmm. And there were many, and I had to think about it a little bit, but once you get on that train of thought, more come. I woke up the next morning and literally the first words in my head, which I don't ever remember having words in my head when I wake up. Like, I mean, I know they're there, but I don't really think about it. But I woke up that morning and the first words in my head were, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I was like, when was the last time I heard that or said that or thought that or felt that? I was, you know, 100 pounds lighter all day long. It was like I was floating just above the ground. And we create those thoughts, those moments. You walk in a room and you're in a great mood. And there's somebody who is complaining about everything and how this job sucks and your boss is horrible and this work product is stupid. And the next thing you know, you're sucked right down into it. And now you hate it too. Yeah, definitely. It's a beautiful story that you shared here, Jennifer, and it's a very powerful tool. As you said, there, the science is showing that we, we are wiring our brain in a different way when we involve pen and paper. And it's so simple that it, it's too simple. So many people skip it, but it actually very, very powerful. And that's something that I kind of subscribe, quote unquote, to all of my clients. We, I don't have a very strict curriculum, so we really go from case to case and I see what the needs of the person is. But one thing that every single client of mine does is journaling every evening, ah. answering very specific questions, because that has enormous effect on their personal development journey, on their leadership journey, and it helps me to create a true transformation during the work that we or during the time that we work together. And are your three questions proprietary? What do you mean by proprietary? Can you share them with us or is it? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I, I didn't come up with them. <laughs> it's all research. <laughs> and I learned them myself uh, from uh, the coach whom I've been following and who, whose methods I've been using a lot for my own personal development. She's called Mia Thurnblom. Uh, she's Swedish. And I had her as the first guest on my podcast. It was really great to, to have a huge role model of mine to, to join and have a conversation with me. So the questions are, what did I do well today? Or you can phrase it, what, what am I proud of today? And there, my rule of thumb and the way I challenge my clients is to have at least three things to write. Then the second one is what I'm grateful for. And the third one is what do I need help with? 
And we start with those for a while, for a couple of months, depends on the progress of the person and how the self-esteem is developing and strengthening. But then after a while, we add the fourth question, which we answer in the beginning. So as number one, which do I, did I do less well today? And what is my learning? Wow. And we don't want to finish with this kind of less well today, uh, like finish our day with that. That's why we put it first. But we also don't add it in the beginning because a lot of my clients are high performers. They are really achieving. They, they are appreciated in their work, but at the same time, they, they feel, don't feel enough. And the self-critic or the inner critic is quite strong. And we don't want to strengthen that before we have grown our inner cheerleading team. So that team we're growing and strengthening with those first three questions. And then once that is kind of loud enough <laughs> inside of us, we add the next question to keep developing because it also helps us to learn to rewire our brain for the situations that we're not so happy about. Oh, absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> I'm glancing around my office to see if I can see it and I don't see it on my bookshelf. I have it here somewhere. Too many books, too many books. <laughs> um, and it's Jack Canfield's book, The Power of Focus. Mm. And it's proven it's science. It's not all woo woo and touchy feely, but it's proven what you focus on will grow. So if you focus on what did I do less well today versus all the things you did do well today, then you're just going to keep making mistakes, making mistakes. So I love that you wait a while to bring that into the conversation because it can be powerful. Whatever you think about all the time. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get sick. Bam. You are sick. How does that happen? I don't know, but it's reality <laughs> and it does happen. And the sooner we can appreciate that and um, embrace it, the better off we're going to be. So to be a leader, you really have to embrace the positive. And I, I saw it years ago and there was a a meme somewhere and it was like put your big girl panties on mm -hmm. and so i kind of expanded it put your big girl panties on put your big boy shorts on and let's go to work like you have to go to work ready to go if you had that commute to work that took forever and caused problems just take 30 seconds before you go into the office take some deep breaths clear your mind and when you step over that threshold, start anew, instead of bringing all the baggage in the door with you. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point as well, Jennifer. And uh, Brendan Burchard, the, one of the top performer, uh, high performer coaches in the world, he's talking about uh, the practice of releasing tension, setting intention between eight, uh, before age, every major activity that he's doing in the day and his clients. So he's just saying, take two minutes, do the body scan, just try to release physical tension that you have in the body, understand where are you really like tense in the muscles or whatever, clenching your jaw, try to really relax that and then set the intention for the next hour, for the next meeting, for the next call, whatever it will be for you, just say, how can I, how should I, how do I want to be as a person and what kind of outcome do I want to get from this next activity? Because he's saying like this 4 p.m. Uh, burst of anger at your kid because he's too slow on the way from school to home or something like this. It's not about the kid and it's not about the kid being slow, right? 
it's about all the irritations that you had throughout the day that accumulate. And then there is this last drop and you're like, boom. And that's what you want to avoid. And it's in your power. Just as you said, you can decide. It's your choice. I know it sounds cliche. I know that some people don't like when I say that. But it is your choice to be happy or unhappy. To let go and to start anew with every minute, every hour. Or to continue carrying on the negative things and negative experience that you've had. And what would it hurt if all of our listeners performed an experiment and for the next seven days, whether it's in their working environment or in their home life, if they did just that, like if you don't believe the two of us and the research we've done and the people we've listened to and followed and learned from and trained, that's fine. Be skeptical, do your own research. But what if you practice for seven days? What if you practice being grateful for seven days? Years ago, I heard um, Oprah started this gratitude journal and she had a show about it. And I don't even know why I was home from work to be able to see <laughs> the episode because working full time, you you know, weren't usually home in time for Oprah. And she was talking about this gratitude journal. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Fast forward last fall fall of 2020, I ended up listening to her, I think it's her latest book. And she said, I kept that gratitude journal for 10 years and my life was better than it had ever been. I don't know why I quit doing it, but I quit doing it. And I think I'm going to pick it up and start doing it again. And it's that power of focus. If you're grateful for things, you have more things to be grateful for and more abundance and more comes <clears throat> at work. What do you want? You want your people to enjoy being there. And if you enjoy being there, they're going to enjoy being there, or at least they have a better shot. So it's worth a try for seven days and try these three questions at the end of the day. I love that. Uh, what did I do well? Or what am I proud of? List three things. What am I grateful for? And what do I need help with? Yeah. And later, and in the health question, uh-huh. uh, sorry, Jennifer, in, in just because some people struggle with the health question. So I, I, I like to clarify, it doesn't have to be that next day you wake up and you call your manager or you talk to your wife and you ask for help with something. It can be that, but more often than not, we're working on ourselves and they asking for help can be from the God Lord, if you believe in that, uh, the universe, the, the higher power, or from yourself. Because we all have some inner wisdom. Oh, And with that question, you're tapping into that a lot. Absolutely. Yes. And we all have a belief of some sort. And, you know, we're not promoting one or the other. But whatever your belief system is, tap into that. Yeah. Help me, guide me, give me the answer. Math was never really my strong suit in school. And like, I would just understand it the night before the test. And so on one hand, it was super great that I got it the night before. So at least I could get a B, but I never could get it two days before. So I could get an A, right? Cause you have to like get it. And then it has to marinate a little bit and you would get it overnight. Like I'd wake up the morning of the test and go, okay, I kind of know how to do that. And it, it's the same kind of thing. It, it will marinate. You have it in you. You know how to do it. 
powerful stuff, Anna, powerful stuff. I'm so happy that we were able to connect online because you're, you know, how far away? I don't even know. We didn't look up how many miles apart we are, but it's a long no. way. But the power of technology, I love it. People complain about it all the time, but when it works like this, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, it is. And um, it's just, it's again, it's your choice to to focus on the power of the technology that it brings us and the blessings of it, or whether you focus on the negative parts of it and you let yourself be affected by them. <laughs> let yourself get sucked into it for sure. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for your time. How can people get hold of you? And obviously I think you work all over the world, right? Because it's all... Yeah. Internet, it's babe. all online or I do have some uh, clients here in Iceland and before COVID we would meet in person now even with them we moved online but mainly so far I only had European clients because of my, my background here so if anyone from the other side of the pond wants to work with me I would be more than happy <laughs> you would be the first <laughs> <laughs> and connection with me is uh, on LinkedIn is probably the best platform I'm most there and then you can also listen to Genius Leadership Overcoming Everything podcast, where I have weekly conversations with leaders or researchers and coaches who inspire me and the people around me. And we talk about your zone of genius and how to learn what it is, how to learn how to stay there and come back to it as, as often as possible. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for your time. And for all our listeners, keep listening. Keep downloading the podcast. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. I'm Jennifer Takagi, and I look forward to connecting with you soon. Thank you for joining today. Please hop on over to iTunes to leave us a review and share our channel with your friends and family. Head over to TakagiConsulting.com slash gift for a great free gift. Also, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and TakagiConsulting.com. We would love to hear from you. And may your days be filled with more success than you ever dreamed possible.